0: We're excited about this series that we're in and one of the reasons why I'm so excited about it is because of what you just saw up there. You saw people who have discovered a gift that the Holy Spirit has deposited in them and now they're using that gift to reach the world and we hope that as you come through this series that it's going to inspire you to ask the question what is the gift that he has deposited in me because it's going to be just as beautiful and just as lovely as that gift even though it might be different because it's just as beautiful and just as lovely because of the purpose for which you were given that gift and that's to point people to Christ. We're in this series on the Holy Spirit because there's so much mystery surrounding the Holy Spirit. Who is he and what does he do and what is he about? And some of that mystery is a result of confusion that we carry from teaching that we've been exposed to throughout our lives. And so here we are In week three, last week we dug around in some of these ideas that help you begin to understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. We talked about thinking plural and thinking personal and think prayer. We didn't get to think praise. I'm going to touch on that one tonight as we dig around in this incredible text in John 16. God wants us to understand with greater depth who the Holy Spirit is and what He's about, but we're also acknowledging there's still going to be a gap between our understanding and the mystery being fully revealed, this side of heaven. We're not going to know it all until we get to the other side. If you've got your Bible, you could turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, while you're turning there, and before I start reading, I just want to reiterate what pastor Justin was talking about in the video announcements next week when we do that Christmas offering we're just asking everybody to do something a lot of times this is what you say you, you, you say because I can't do what I think I ought to do I'm not going to do anything don't don't buy into that lie if everybody does something it could be the biggest gift that we ever do for an organization in this church, and so I hope that you choose to be a part of it. I also want to just give you an update. If you were here last week, you know that there was just a spontaneous moment of generosity that stirred in several of us for a family uh, that is a neighbor of a church member. If you follow me on Facebook, you saw several posts for that. We not only met our goal for that, we surpassed our goal for that. That shopping is going to be happening. I'm coming, you can clap for that. They're going to be going shopping this week, and there was enough money not just to do a huge Christmas for the kids, but for the mom, and then also to take care of practical needs uh, as well. And so we're just excited how that story is going to unfold uh, in, in her life. So good. John 16, beginning in verse 8, it says, When he comes, this is Jesus teaching, and when he says, When he comes, he's referring to the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin, And of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Now we're going to be digging around in these verses this week and then also next week because it is one of the most comprehensive descriptions of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in all of the Bible. It's the most focused attention that Jesus gives to tell us about who the Holy Spirit is and what he's going to do in our lives. One of the words that Jesus uses here to help us to understand the Holy Spirit is this word, to convict. You can think of this word, convict, as personal convincing. It's personal convincing because it means that you're not only believing something to be true, but you're believing it to be true for yourself. Somebody can convince you something, Someone's trying to help you believe something, but it might be disconnected from your life. It might be an idea or a concept that doesn't affect you. But the Holy Spirit's role is to convict you in the sense that it's personal convincing. He wants you to see what's in this word that pertains to your life in a deeply personal way. We're going to spend most of our time tonight talking about the word that Jesus gives To the Holy Spirit a few verses above, and then he comes back to it later, but he refers to him as an advocate, and depending on what translation you're reading, it determines the word that's given to you. It's why if you're going to take a deep dive, you need to look at different translations because in the end of the day, they're all translations from the original language, and sometimes the English language fails to carry the degree of specificity that the original manuscript had. So we're going to talk tonight about this idea of comforter and helper and advocate. And then next week, where we're really going to dive deep is we're going to talk about Jesus' curious, clarifying statements... There's a plainness, there's a self evidencing quality to when Jesus says he's going to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment, but sometimes it gets a little confusing when Jesus continues to teach, and He there's a clarifying phrase that's attached to each one of those, sin and righteousness and judgment. If you're like me, when you read those, it seems sometimes like maybe they're a little out of place, and so we're going to take a deep dive into those next week to look at them a little bit further. But for tonight, I want to focus a little bit on this idea of comforter or advocate or helper and there in John 16, 7, I'm going to read in three different translations. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, then I want you to hear it of the New American Standard, and then I'm going to read it to you out of the King James, because each of them give us a part of the definition of the word parakletos, which is the original language that gives us a comprehensive view of who the Holy Spirit is. John 16, 7 in the New Living Translation says, But in fact, it is best for you that I, speaking of himself, right, that I go away, because if I don't, listen to what he says, the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. That's the New Living Translation. New American Standard says, But I tell you the truth, it is for your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Like Kirk on Isle 28. But if I go, I will send him to you. John sixteen seven, the King James Version. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This idea of paracletos, this idea of advocate and comforter and helper in Jesus' day was a legal term. That if you had to go to court, how many of you have ever been in court before? I'm raising my hand for myself, right? I know, right? You're in court and, and, and depending on your situation, you might have someone there with you, like legal representation. And that person's role is to advocate for you in that situation, They're your lawyer. They're not the court's lawyer. They're not the the, the prosecution's lawyer. They're your attorney, and they've taken an oath that everything they they do is for your best interest at heart. That's what this term was in Jesus' day when he said parakletos. That's exactly where their mind would have gone to. If they had not been before a judge themselves, surely they would have known someone who was. And yet that's the term that Jesus used to describe the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think sometimes if you've grown up in the church like I have, you, you, you end up latching on to the idea of the Holy Spirit being our comforter because that's the one that feels the best when we're trying it on. You track it with me? The Holy Spirit is our comforter in the sense that everything that he does is always for our best interest. It does not mean that his ministry is to make us comfortable. In fact, when the Holy Spirit is acting as your comforter in the most profound ways in your life, it's when you're going to be the most uncomfortable, because everything that he does is for your best interest. He's a comforter, he is an advocate, and he is a helper. I like this idea of him advocating for us. But he advocates for us not because he does what you say, he advocates for us because he's constantly doing what God says to him to do on our behalf. See, when you're in a court situation, your attorney has some degree of responsibility, yes, within the confines of the law, but they have some responsibility to follow your instructions. That you get to direct them. Yes, they're there to counsel you. Yes, they're there to advise you. But at the end of the day, you have the final say. But that's not how it works with the Holy Spirit. Now, you have the final say as to whether or not you're going to walk in obedience. But he has the final say in regards to what he's going to speak into your life. And his responsibility is to search the heart of the Father and to make that plain to you, and to make you uncomfortable if it's necessary. He is our advocate, he is our helper, and he is most certainly our comforter. These verses here are important not just to help us to understand what the Holy Spirit does in our life, but these words in these verses here are also to help us to understand the nature of who the Holy Spirit is, which means that he is part of God and he is completely and fully divine. We think of the Father as being divine. We think of the Son as being divine. But I think sometimes we do not view the Holy Spirit in the uniqueness of his individuality. And then the uniqueness of who he is. He is equally divine, as is the Son and the Father. Listen to 1 John 2.1. It says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, the Holy Spirit. No, that's not what it says. It says we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. And in the Greek, it's parakletos. There's a reason why John is inspired here, and the reason why the Holy Spirit also inspires him in his gospel to use this same word to speak of both the Holy Spirit and of Jesus, because God wants us to understand the divinity of the Holy Spirit, that he and Jesus and the Father share in the oneness. The word Trinity does not appear in the Bible. We recognize that. It's a word that... Christians have created to try in the, limit, limited, the the limits of our humanity, try to articulate a concept that's beyond comprehension. This idea of three in one, this is what we've been talking about in this series. There's always going to be an element of mystery. But make no mistake that each of them in the utinx of who they are, the fullness of the Godhead, they each are divined in their own right. Listen to these verses in Isaiah 40, 12 through 15. Love the chapter of, 40th chapter of Isaiah in the Old Testament it speaks to the majesty and the magnitude and the divinity of God. Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Nathaniel Miller, but maybe that's it other than... Who has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Listen to verse 13. Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? There's a reason that's in there because God wants us to understand that the Holy Spirit shares in the divinity of the Father. Who knows enough to give Him advice or to teach Him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are a drop in the bucket. It doesn't mean that they are not without meaning and significance. It means by way of relativity to who God is. We are so small. They are nothing more than dust in the scales. He picks up the whole earth just as though it were a grain of sand. It seems like hyperbole, but even language itself fails in its efforts to describe the magnitude of who God is, and the Holy Spirit shares in all of that. I think, too, this idea of the Holy Spirit being our comforter can cause us sometimes to misunderstand the nature of grace. I think sometimes that in Christian circles there is confusion about what grace is and about what grace is not because there is a failure to understand the depth of the meaning of these verses right here in John 16. I think sometimes people misunderstand grace to be something that makes us comfortable, but oftentimes, I'm telling you, grace should cause us to be uncomfortable. If you think that grace nature of grace and i'm talking about biblical grace and christian grace means forgiveness without consequence then you do not understand grace according to the bible if grace was forgiveness without consequence then god would have forgiven us by looking the other way with judgment but he did not look the other way he required the punishment to go to someone else That's that fancy word in the Bible that we find in the New Testament called propitiation, which means that Jesus paid it all. There cannot be grace without propitiation. Grace is not forgiveness without consequence. Christian grace means that the consequence didn't come to you, but it went to somebody. It went to Christ, which is why he is our Savior. And so when we make mistakes in this life, And people hold us to account. And then in response to that accountability, they say, you're not being gracious to me. I say, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, I am. Because true grace carries with it a consequence. Listen to me. The biggest mistakes that I have made in my life, there has been forgiveness extended to me. But oftentimes there have been consequences that I've had to carry through. That did not make the grace that was extended to me less, it made it more. Because it's in those moments that we're willing to embrace the consequence of our own actions, even on the other side of the forgiveness that is extended to us, makes me all the more like Christ himself. Can I just say to you, sometimes we come to the Father and there's always forgiveness waiting for us. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to give us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Paul also wrote to the church of Galatia that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of Man who loved me and gave himself for me. Now that means a lot of things, but one of the things it means is that sometimes for the grace that is extended to me, it means that because of who Christ is in me, that I'm willing to carry with him the consequence Of my action. Grace is not forgiveness without consequence. And the Holy Spirit is there with us every time, helping us to carry the burden of the consequence. And if it's more than we can bear, come on, then Christ in us with the power of the Holy Spirit and because of the love of the Father, they make up the difference. John 14, 16. Again, if you've been tracking with this series, you know I've been referencing John Bevere's book, The Holy Spirit, an introduction, and I love this book in parts, and then in some parts I don't, and so I've been asking if you're going to read it, wait till you get to the end of the series, and then read the book through the filter of the series, and maybe that will help clarify some things. But one of the parts of the book that I absolutely love is where he talks about John 14, 16, and he talks about this word, Another. In John 14, 16, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. The reason he says another, right, is because Jesus himself is an advocate on our behalf. He shares in that ministry with the Holy Spirit. He says, he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. We're going to get into this in a couple of weeks. This is misunderstood. When it, when it talks about Jesus leaving, it doesn't mean that his presence has left this earth. It means that his function is shifting. We're going to get into that. This where is everybody at? Where's the Father? Where's the Holy Spirit? Where's Jesus? Are they here? Yes. Are they there? Yes. It's, it's a mystery. But here, Jesus is another advocate. Now, in Jesus' is day, there's two words for another. He, he had a choice. He could have picked two different words. He could have picked this word heteros, which means another of a different kind. Now, let me help illustrate this for you. We had our leader's Christmas party last night, which we do every year for both campuses. We get together. We have an amazing time. We do the whole white elephant gift exchange. It's hilarious. You learn a lot about people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you hiding that gift under your chair? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it happens. It's real, isn't it, Jamal? I know, I know, Every year, Laura Nowatney, Laura and Nate are regional elders, been a part of the church from the beginning. Laura makes a bread pudding unlike anything that you've ever tasted before in your life. Preach, thank you, yes and she brings with it a salted caramel drizzle. Now, it's called a drizzle, but we call it a salted caramel pour because it should not be drizzled. It should be poured with a healthy portion on top. And those of us who have been to a few of these Christmas parties know that if you get into the savory food line first, by the time you get to the dessert table, all of the bread pudding is gone. So many of us last night, after we blessed and Everybody gets in the line, there's a few wise people, we go right to the dessert table. And there we are. Praise the name is Laura's Bread Pudding. If you didn't get any of that, remember that next year. I don't know. Now if I get a piece of that bread pudding, and then I say, I want another piece, and I use the word heteros, it gives you the freedom to give me another dessert, but not the same thing. You with me? It means another that is similar but different. Now, if you were to give me one of Micah Mitchell's cookies, you would know that I would be just as happy. We'll save that story for another sermon for another time. Heteros means another but different. It's similar. If you were eating fruit instead of bread instead of pudding... You weren't as happy as me. You're healthier, but not as happy. And you ate a banana, and you said, I'll have another, but you said, heteros, then I could give you an apple or an orange. And it's fair, because it's another of a different kind. But that's not the word that Jesus uses. He uses the word alos, which means another of the same kind, which means that they are exactly equal in every way this word does not mean similar this word does not mean it's going to be like me it means that when he comes he is me and this is part of the mystery of the trinity uniquely individual but always the same it would be as if you're driving home and you happen to be graced like we are to pass by a crispy cream in your driving route And you know that if you're driving by a Krispy Kreme, you always glance up to see what? Praise the name. Is the hot sign on or is it off? Because if it's on, it's off. (laughs) Drive through whatever you got to do, you get a box of those donuts. And if you've ever eaten a hot Krispy Kreme donut, you know that there's a process that involves multiple donuts, And if I eat that first one and I say to one of my kids, I'll have another. I don't care how good Laura's bread pudding is and how good Micah Mitchell's cookies are. If they're passing those up to me, I'm throwing them back because what I mean is, no, 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 I want another one of those. One, two, three... For, right? Let's just keep going. They just disappear as soon as they get into your mouth. You don't even realize you've eaten it. It is a mystery. Jesus says of the Holy Spirit, the Father's, we're sending somebody else. And who we're sending is just like who's always been here just like the Father, just like the Son, this is who He is, and this is what He's going to do. If you find yourself feeling this way about Scripture and the Holy Spirit, making a statement similar to that the Bible doesn't say enough about the Holy Spirit, then what I would say to you is that you are failing to see that when you read about Jesus... That when you read about the Father, you are reading about the Holy Spirit. The Bible is not incomplete when it comes to the Holy Spirit. It's overflowing when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because it overflows with the Father and it overflows with the Son. And the reason why so little text is given specifically to what the Holy Spirit does, it's because it's just like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They share more than they don't. So by the time you get to the place in history where there is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit returning us to Eden, which we're going to get to that in this series, God doesn't feel like he's shorting you in what he teaches you about the Holy Spirit. He said, I've been spending all of Scripture telling you about the Holy Spirit because I've been telling you about the Son and I've been telling you about myself. And in doing so, I've been telling you about him. This is why it's okay to worship the Holy Spirit. It is. Not at at the expense of the Father, and not at the expense of the Son, but with them. There's not a person in here, you've been around church for any amount of time, would say that it's inappropriate to worship Christ. Come on, many of our songs talk about worshiping Christ. We worship the Son, we worship the Father, and we certainly should be worshiping him as well, because they're all one. We've mentioned this already in this series, that when Jesus says that the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Christ, that's the verse that becomes the impediment for so many people, and you've been mistaught that that's why you don't worship the Holy Spirit. But that verse talks about one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit. It says that he is there to glorify the Son, but it does not say that we cannot glorify him and that's what worship is. You read Isaiah 40. You read 1 John chapter 2. You look at John 14. Something inside of you needs to make room for declarations of praise to the Spirit every time you worship. So this is what I want to do with the extra time we have remaining tonight. We had more we were gonna to cover tonight, but when I got into the office, the band's gonna come. I felt the Holy Spirit just stirring in my heart. Don't get nervous, I'm not gonna sing. <clears throat> we need to spend some time praying for Pastor Justin and Stephanie. If you're not familiar with their story, I'm not gonna recount it. It's out there on Facebook, but she had a major surgery a few weeks ago involved her skull and brain and spinal cord it's serious business and and there's been some complications with that they're back in the hospital unexpectedly there was an infection there was a patch that they put in to, uh, to to supports the part of her brain that had dropped down into the base of her skull that was reflecting the restricting the flow of spinal fluid there was a leak in that I'm not telling you anything that she hasn't already posted so we're not violating any confidences here but we need to pray for them and we're gonna pray for them tonight with this time that we have left. And this is how we're gonna pray, is that some of you are gonna do some praying. We're gonna stand in just a minute, and this, this is what I, I wanna to say to you. I've got the mic up here because I'm gonna invite some of you to come. i have asked Celeste, she's gonna start us off, but then, uh, don't, don't wait. If, if, if you feel something stirring in your heart and you know you're supposed to pray, then make sure you're up here so you can just go one after another. But this is what I wanna say. This is a time to pray prayers of faith. There's all different kinds of prayer in the Bible, and all of them are important, but tonight we're gonna pray one kind of prayer, and it's a prayer of faith. There's Gethsemane prayers, right, where we say, not my will but yours be done. There's a time and a place for that. There's the Lord's prayer prayer, right? That God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but you cannot read this Bible and not come to the conclusions. There are times where we are given permission to make declarations of faith And that's the kind of prayer that I'm gonna ask you to pray tonight. Stand with me. Celeste is gonna come.
1: Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for Stephanie. We thank you for the plans that you have for her, God. We thank you for the destiny that is on their life, for the blessing that they are to us that know them, Father God. We thank you that you're faithful to finish the good work that you began, that no weapon formed against them will prosper, God. We thank you for health and healing, for everything that is good, everything that is pure, everything that is holy be released over their lives right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit because they are children of the living God. You have given them dominion and authority over the brokenness and the fallenness of this world. And we stand in agreement and we lift up their arms right now, Father God, and we say yes and amen to your faithfulness and your goodness and your healing and your restoration, God. Release the peace in that room right now. Release your grace in that room right now. Give the doctors wisdom, Father God. And overwhelm them with your presence, God. Overwhelm their entire family with your provision and your faithfulness, Lord excited. We're excited for the testimony, Father God, that's going to come from this. We're excited for the full and complete healing and restoration of her body, of her mind, in Jesus' mighty name.
2: Lord you did all of that you are the master creator and you are her father you're not just someone who created her and left her on the planet Lord but you are a father who loves her Love us and we know that you love Stephanie. And so as her father, God, we call on you tonight in faith, believing what you say in your word, Lord. And we ask you to perform that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, as the one who bore our stripes and gives us healing, Lord, we call on your name to bring healing to Stephanie. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, who we lift up and worship tonight, Lord we say, do your thing, Lord, show off, Holy Spirit, just do your work, and and reveal to us the healing through this, that you would be glorified, God, that you would comfort in the way that Pastor Fred has talked about tonight, but you would bring healing in a powerful way, and we know, Father, Son, and Spirit, you are working on Stephanie's behalf, and we believe you, and we stand here believing that tonight, in Jesus' name.
3: Father God, we thank you that you are present in that room right now. We pray that your presence will overwhelm Stephanie and Juice and little Raj too, God. We pray for them as a family that you will, your warriors, Lord, are rallying around them even now as we lift our hearts up to you on their behalf, God. And we thank you that you are overwhelming them, that you are invading their hearts and their minds. And you have a calling on their lives, God. And for Juice, we just pray that supernatural encouragement would just wash over him and in him, God, that his heart will not grow weary in doing good because you will reap a harvest if he does not give up, God. So we thank you for that harvest right here, God, that's just being so fruitful. On God, we just love him. We thank you that you love them even more. And so we just speak that encouragement into Jesus' heart right now, God, because he needs to be lifted up. We are as Celeste prayed into Stephanie's life. though. So we are his arms. We are lifting him up, God. And we just thank you. We pray for that little boy, Lord. We thank you that you will protect his little heart, God, and that there will be love from every corner of his life that will just pour into him. That she has loved and we stand in the gap for this family right now and let us be their encouragement and their strength and their hope we thank you God thank you for this family the way we can lift them up we thank you for your heart Lord who loves them so much and we're gonna stand with you and love them too Lord
4: we thank you for Justin's step thank you for their vulnerability God but she is always worshiping you and crying out to you through everything because she knows that you are her father and you will take care of her. God, I just pray over this family. I pray peace and, that peace and endurance that they get through this with, with such a testimony, God, of your miracles that they can use it to tell people about you and who you truly are and the things that you still do. God, I just pray for a miracle to happen in this. God, I pray against any infection, God. I just pray that no matter what happens, God, that it's your hand and that it goes back to you and that this will be a testimony used for your glory.
5: Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Father, I'm so happy, Lord, that sometimes throughout our days things can happen. We can get a phone call or a diagnosis that surprises us. But nothing surprises you lord nothing you knew that this day was coming you knew this very moment would happen and that the saints would come together and pray for stephanie right now in the name of jesus father because you knew as sharon said in the womb you are the architect of her anatomy lord you know exactly how every ligament and every cell connects to one another you remember you were there when stephanie took her first step you were there when she combed her hair and looked in the mirror and went to school for that first day. You were there when she said, I do, with Justin. You were there when they had the privilege of adopting Raj. Father, you've been there every moment of her life and you are there right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we just pray right now together that the spirit, Lord, would shine in such a way in that hospital room that everyone would be affected by the power, the healing power of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray.
0: Into place in a way that just baffles everyone in the room and everyone who's ever had a part of the situation, Lord God. We just pray for healing that just just baffles, just confuses people in the room, Lord God. We pray for the, the experimental surgery that she was taking place, and there's an aster beside it when they talk about it, uh, just about how th- something just
5: didn't make sense, that it could only allude to you, Lord God, that your name just known, Lord God, we just pray that your name is known in that room, Lord God, and to everyone who encounters them, whether it be a nurse or a janitor or whoever it may be who has the the, the opportunity to come
0: across that situation in that room, Lord God, that that the work that you do in her, Lord God, just shines bright and, and calls everyone back to you in Jesus' name.
4: Father, we thank you that you are Steph's advocate. And we pray right now that you would violently send peace and joy to shake that hospital. That you would send peace and joy that would tear apart every single demon that would try to rob peace and joy from Steph. We pray that you would be her advocate and you would show her your gentleness that is violent. Your gentleness that brings comfort in such a way that overflows peace and joy out of that hospital. In Jesus' name.
2: remember let us remember how Abraham believed that he would be the father of many nations when he was a hundred years old he became the father of many nations church let us remember that Moses led his people out of Israel when he could not see the promised land let us remember that the nation of Israel waited 400 years for a savior church, let us have faith in what we cannot see tonight, that the Lord is going to work a miracle that we will tell our children, and our children will tell their children's children about one day. And Father, we praise you for what we cannot see, that you are making a way where there is no way possible. And we are going to praise you in advance for what you have done and what you are going to do in the name of Jesus.
6: Father, we thank you so much, God, for the work that you're doing here, Lord. God, everybody in this church here and on the south side is party to the work that you're doing, and we're seeing the world turn. We're seeing our lives change. God, and we pray for Stephanie that this would be a landmark moment for this church, Father God, that we've we've just heard all these prayers, Father God, of of the work that you're going to do, and we stand in faith, God. You say in Romans that we know that the whole creation has has been groaning in labor pains until now, and and not only the creation... But we ourselves who have been first the first fruits of your of the spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption and the redemption of our bodies god we've we've seen Stephanie juice J- justin wait lord god waiting for this redemption waiting for this healing in her body lord god god and i pray lord god that that as these prayers are answered lord god and as we see stephanie's healed, body healed Lord God, and as we see life poured into her, poured into her body, poured into, we ask Lord God that that would be it would serve as a landmark in this church, Lord God, and as as the creation is groaning for redemption, Lord God, that that Stephanie's body would would see your redemption, Lord God, that the city life body, body would see your redemption, Lord, and that your entire body, Lord God, would bring life into this church, and God, we pray for it here right now in this Christmas season, in Jesus' name.
0: Father, we thank you for all these declarations of faith on her behalf. And we say to all of them, yes and amen. And as we step into this moment of worship, Holy Spirit, we glorify you. We celebrate you. We acknowledge your work. We bend our knee to the power of who you are at work in this world, at work in our lives, even at work in these prayers that we pray in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship together. When you are.